Welcome back to He's Abroad. This is Jason you almost, here in Brooklyn. You the name of the show, didn't you? Um, <laughs> it's been a day. Joined as always by John, who's abroad in New Zealand. What's going on, John? Not much. Doing all right. I just skated. I skated uh, before we started recording. I was, um, and it was, it was a rough game. It was rough. First, got, first game got, back. Got beat, first, in two first, years. first Honey Badgers game in 18 months, about plus or minus. No, I think it's like almost exactly 18 months. Yeah. And, and, uh, and for those of you who have no idea what he's talking about. I was going to elaborate. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> because you just said is, it as if everyone knows what this is. Honey Badgers is a men's league team that I've run for probably about 10 years now. Maybe well, nine it's, years. It's mixed. It's not just men's league. Right. It's a it's an adult league. It's beer league. Men's is it's just generally the term, right? Mm, that sounds like a problem, doesn't it? <laughs> I suppose so. But anyway, because we actually do have some women on the team. We got two women on the roster. They're two of our better players. Anyway, they didn't show up, so they let us down. <laughs> <sighs> we had eight skaters. Eight skaters. Oh, those are the best games. And I and it was hot in this rink like humid really humid the 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 rink was a puddle so when you have conditions like that eight skaters is not a fun game and i'd say five of the eight skaters also haven't skated in 18 months i mean one of them drew skated he had hip surgery in the last you know months ago and he's recovered now but he, he had a good game and I mean, we all actually played pretty well, but we were just tired. We needed people. You can't you can't play in those conditions with eight guys. You just it's just exhausting. Just just standing is exhausting in that in those environments. So anyway, it was tough. And then we also had a goalie. I, I had trouble finding a goalie, so I found this guy. So I was provided a guy by somebody on the other team. And this is probably the worst goalie that's ever played with us at any point. So we lost nine three. And we are now 0-1. But all things considered, fun game. If we had one more guy so we could have two lines rolling and get more consistency with the line changes and had a goalie that had a better than a 20% save average, then uh, would have been better. But hey, a lot of people out, a lot of people busy, tail end of the summer, yep. people doing their things, getting it in before uh, before they come back. Yeah, before or do whatever it, it is they falls do. Apart again. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. So that's uh I'm uh I'm just recovering from that. And that's why I forgot the name of the, the podcast for a second there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Game but those hard. are supposed to be the best games when you don't have many skaters. You get a lot of ice time. Did get a lot of ice time. Definitely got um got my workout in, burned the calories, but honestly could have burned those calories just standing in that sauna. It was bad, yeah. like really, really bad, really hot. Um, but it's fun, you know. It was, it was cool seeing everybody out there again. They don't have scorekeepers, so there's um. I guess they're struggling to hire scorekeepers, and as a result, the refs have to do it, and they're running three twenty-two minute periods running time. Ooh. It's a lot. So if there's why, not whistles, wait, why don't you? Why can't you just get someone to do the score? Like, why does the ref have to do it? You can't pick someone from the stands to do it? What stance? What people? Uh, yeah, do you think people right. watch no these games? No, yeah, no one's coming to watch you. That's Nobody right. cares. Yeah. Although, this is the first time they've given us a 7 o'clock opener, which is crazy. The game is at 7 o'clock at night, 
and I couldn't get any skaters. It's wild. Well, I feel like that's worse. I feel like it's easier to get people later at night. Eleven thirty at night because that's what next week says. You're normally done. You're normally done, right? So you're done with all your things during the day. Yeah, but leagues are in full swing now. I got an eleven thirty game tomorrow night on a Sunday, which is great. Who doesn't love those? So, what are your COVID restrictions? Are are there any? Can you just show up, or do you have to be vaccinated? Have they forced you have to be? be you have to, to be vaccinated. I lost one skater because he refused vaccinated. to get he refused to get vaccinated. <laughs> he's like, can't you? Uh, he's like, can't you just make up an excuse? I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. He's like, all right, I'll try to get a doctor's note. I was like, yeah, we'll see if I forward that along. So I stopped including him on the emails. Wow. Um, that. I found out another guy who runs a team actually ended up folding his team because he wouldn't get vaccinated either, which of all the people, that guy was not a surprise to hear that name and shame. Uh, hmm? I said name and shame. I didn't name him. I, I said you should. No, that's okay. You wouldn't even know who he was. No, I but I'm just I'm, someone listening to this might. I'll just say crazy shame, eyes. Right? That, his name that, that's is, the I'll portion just say of crazy, the... crazy eyes. That, that's the that, that's the portion of the vaccine we're in, right? Where if you're not vaccinated, we name and shame you. Coming after no, you if you're not vaccinated. I, I won't do it. You know what? It's like one of those things. You, you suffer the we talked about it, you know? You can you can absolutely not get vaccinated, but you could you also suffer the consequences. I will say, in the very short time that New Zealand has had vaccines, we've given four point five million doses and wow. we've got thirty one percent of the country vaccinated. It's pretty good. And it's only been available to everyone for about a week and a half. So you have a, do you have an anti-vax contingency there? Yeah, but they get shouted down. The, the crazies well, here are small. They're small and they get made fun of. <laughs> well, don't, don't go after small people. Okay. I'm a small person. Yeah. But are you, are you crazy? No. Well, well <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're question. all little. Yeah. Seriously. Try to put me, try to trap me. It's not hard. <laughs> it's, it's not it's hard. true. I fit in. I fit in most containers. Yes. So yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, you know, we're talking about this, and I could jump right in. Why don't we just jump right into some of these stories I got? Because I got yeah, one. Yeah, let's do. Because I got one here. I usually I'd give you the the choice of orders. They're all in the uh, reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish camp, but you know, they're all very diverse. Okay. So we're talking about COVID. We're talking about resistance, and I found this one. I don't know if you know about this, so I'm just going to start reading the headline from Yahoo News. Another radio host who urged listeners to boycott COVID-19 vaccines dies from COVID-19. Yeah. This goes into the Herman Cain uh, award situation. Um, are you aware that this is a trend? Like they, they noticed no. that these it started with another. So I, I'm going to read this. Another conservative talk radio host who urged listeners to boycott. That, oh, come on, you can't. You can't have the first sentence of the article be the, the word for word, the headline. Anyway, um, well, this also is crazy. So they do extend. Boycott of the COVID-19 vaccine has died from the disease caused by exposure to the coronavirus. Duh, that's how it works. Bob Anyart, Anyart, whatever, a Denver radio host and pastor died two weeks after he and his wife were hospitalized with, with what his church called severe cases. He was 62. Fred Williams NER's co-host announced his death in a Facebook post Monday. Quote, it comes with an extremely heavy heart that my close friend and co-host of Real Science Radio has lost his battle. That was really the name of this? <laughs> has lost his battle with COVID, end quote, Williams wrote. Quote, Bob Eniart was one of the smartest, 
and without question, the wisest person I've known, all the while being exceedingly kind and humble and always, always willing to listen and discuss anything you wanted. It was an honor beyond measure to have been alongside him for 15 years and over 750 science shows. And quote. <laughs> I well. can't, I can't, there's so much, there's so much in that. Uh, let, I'm going to keep reading. Not supposed well, to speak all of the dead, so keep reading. I know. <laughs> well, I'm talking about the living here who wrote that sentence, but here we go. Quote, heaven's gain has left an enormous hole here on earth, end quote, Williams added. And Enyart, a provocateur who gleefully mocked the deaths of AIDS victims and oh, encouraged well. <laughs> his listeners not to get any of the three available COVID-19 vaccines because he claims they had been tested on cells of aborted babies. Oh, the no. Corona- Though coronavirus vaccines do not contain fetal cells, Johnson & Johnson used a historic fetal cell line to, pr- to produce and manufacture its vaccine. Pfizer and, Mas- and Pfizer and Moderna used a fetal cell line in a very early phase to confirm efficacy prior to production. He also successfully sued the state of Colorado over COVID- COVID-19-related restrictions on church attendance. Any art is at least the how many anti-vaccine talk show host to die from complications of COVID-19 in recent weeks. How many? Wow. I didn't know that this was a pandemic in itself. Yeah. How many uh, talk sh- anti-vax talk show hosts Jeez. have died I mean, more in than the last one? few weeks? So, more than one. I mean, I'm going to say three, like including him, right? So two other people have died in this guy. So three total is my guess. Five. Five. Fifth. He's the fifth. Wow. Last month, four conservative radio talk show hosts who had promoted anti-vaccine and anti-mask views succumbed to the virus. They are Mark Bernier, I think, whatever, a longtime Daytona Beach, Florida talk show host who once called himself Mr. Anti-Vax, died after he was hospitalized for complications of COVID-19. He was 65. In July, in what would be his final tweet, Bernier compared the U.S. government to Nazis and its push to get people vaccinated. You know what the difference is? I'm not even going to ask that question. I'm just going to say there's a big difference between Nazis and people encouraging you to get the vaccine. A matter of fact, I would consider that the opposite. One is actually trying to save you. The other is trying to kill you. Phil Valentine, a syndicated Nashville talk show host who recorded a parody song, Vax Man, mocked the vaccine, died following a month-long battle with COVID-19. He was 61. While Valentine was in the hospital. His family released a statement saying he regrets not being more vehement, vehemently pro-vaccine and looks forward to being able to more vigorously advocate the position as soon as he is back on the air, which we all hope will be soon. Please go get vaccinated. End quote. Jimmy DeYoung, a nationally syndicated Chattanooga, Tennessee-based Christian preacher who said world governments were using vaccines to control people, died at mid-August after contracting COVID-19 earlier in the month. He was 81. On his Prophecy Today radio show, DeYoung promoted the baseless conspiracy theory that the Pfizer vaccine would make women sterile and directed his listeners to to misinformation about COVID-19 on Facebook. And lastly, Dick Farrell, a, so, a South Florida talk show host. That's not who, a real name. <laughs> that's a real name. Who called the U.S. government's cor- coronavirus mitigation efforts a scamdemic, died from po- complications of COVID-19 in early August. He was 65. 
Man, all these people over the age of 60 flirting with death like this. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, it's wild. According to friends, Farrell's view on vaccine views on vaccines changed after he contracted the virus. All right. Quote, R.I.P. Dick Farrell and quote his close friend, Amy, Amy Lee Hare. It's the full name. <laughs> these people's names. Wrote, what is that? Wrote in a Facebook post, quote, he is the reason I took the shot. He texted me and I told and told me to get it. He told me the virus is no joke, and he said, I wish I had gotten it, end quote. According to John Hopkins University, there have been more than 41 million coronavirus cases in the United States since the pandemic began. More than 662,000 Americans have died. The overwhelming majority of recent cases, hospitalizations, and deaths have been among vaccinated. Wow. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, (laughs) I just don't understand. And when I asked the guy on the team who refused to get the shot, I was like, well, why won't you get it? Trying to think. I actually Googled like how to convince people to get the shot, you know, and (laughs) marijuana. Yeah, I don't know. But I I was like, why won't you get it? And he wouldn't tell me. He was just like, I don't even get the flu shot. So why would I get this? I was like, now, to be uh, fair, I don't get the flu shot, but I got I don't either. So, So that's not a valid response. No, and I leveled with him too. I'm like, hey man, I'm in the same boat, but you know, me too. I I, I got it, but I was like, I, I don't get that either. But this is a little different. It's a little. Was he different. a good player? Yeah, he's solid. Solid. I mean, what defense, does that mean? Solid, as in like. I mean, top, you're top five, you're, you're, or, you're in like the second lowest. You're in the you're in the third lowest division. In yeah, so I'm trying to figure league, out beer league hockey. So, yeah, he was. He was a. He was a good defenseman. Let's he was that. serviceable. So serviceable people that don't get the vaccines can hit the bricks. It's the yeah. good ones that you got to convince. Well, he was good. He, he might have been rusty, but he was good. He was good. Yeah. I trust him. Yeah. But anyway. Well, do you this... trust him now? Because he won't get the vaccine. And he no. will tell you why. Hell no. I think he's afraid of needles. That's really my the only thing I can really come to is that you're afraid of needles. Well, I think if you said that, more people might go, hey, okay. But if you say nothing... Then yeah, you exactly. He didn't say anything. You're, you're crap I think you're afraid of looking like uh, you know, you're looking like a little scaredy cat because you won't get a little now, needle. Now, what's going to happen when there is some serious side effect for this vaccine? That's the one thing I keep thinking about. Right, playing devil's advocate. Let's say in six months, like yeah. there's some, there, we find out something that's like horrific with this vaccine. What's going to happen? I don't know. Well, then you, a lot of people are going to eat crow. Like, like well, one out of like one out of four people are sterile. That's good. Population control is too many people. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, that, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I mean, think about it. You know, how many? There's a lot of a lot of people. A lot of people want superpowers. You want that superpowers. You want the positive. You want the positive. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I, we had this discussion before. It's a random superpower. A random, let's just say, even, even if it gives you a random useless superpower, I still think that'd be cool. I take it. It'd be a good talking point, you know, like the conversation. Like when you easier. pee, it's 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 tang. <laughs> Whoa. Like Close. just random Why superpowers tang? that are just I, is, I was trying to think of, I was really think of something strange... that had the same had the same color mountain. Now, dew. wait a minute. I got to ask. I got to ask if is the pea tang flavored or is it literally tang? It's literally tang. Whoa. Right. Like that's, you want a random superpower, like a random superpower. Yeah. Like, like it's it's like yeah, you can't defeat saying. crime. Like you can't do anything special with it. All of a sudden, you're just like, yeah. So now, you know, when I cry, it's the it's viscous like honey. Mm. Sounds delicious. I cry are, all the time. My tears are viscous and they taste like honey. 
like random stuff like that. Yeah. Or like everything, every like poop smells like flowers. Yeah. Like, or <laughs> that's your, that's your superpower. Or to you, flowers smell like poop. Oh God. Right. So it's like, it's reversed. It'd be horrible. It'd be horrible. <laughs> so you step outside. It's awful, but you know, yeah. And only to you, no one else can smell. It's just you. So yeah, I, I, I want to it this way. We're we're a year, we're well past sixteen months since people have first gotten the shot. For for people in the states, you're well no, past even, even the testing, like the actual people they tested who got the shot initially. So you're fine. Like well, unless unless it pops up where it's like, oh, after two years, then you get your random useless power. Yeah, your random useless superpower. Yeah. Is it a superpower if it's useless? It's a power. I don't know if it's, it's, it's I think it's just like an ability. It's probably a defect at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if all of a sudden, you know, your hands constantly grew like Cheeto dust or like all or, or moving forward, you see the world at 60 frames per second. I mean, we see the world more than that now, don't we? I know. Yeah. But like it, it all shrinks down to 60 FPS. Everything just like moves a little more framey than usual. It's weird. That'd be just like, I don't understand this. What's going on here? <laughs> anyway, I need I need to go back to this this original quote here. I and then we'll move on. But first, these guys co- hosted a real science radio. Okay. And was this on, on actual airwaves or was this a podcast? It's like no, an actual it was, radio a, it was a Denver Denver radio. Wow. Yeah. I kind of want to google this but i'll look it up after this so he said and he they said he was the smartest he was not <laughs> i think we clearly well he might that. have been the smartest on the show and without question the wisest person i've known so i think um this guy uh fred williams who said this quote i don't think he knows a lot of people also if this guy's married and i was his i was his wife i'd be like you want to you want to revise that you want to at least change that without question part? Could be somebody, yeah. somebody a little smarter. Man, all being, 750 yeah. science shows. That's a lot yeah. of shows to be just wrong. He mocked Those, people died of AIDS. So you can't feel too bad with him when that's in this title. <laughs> it's karma, right? Yeah. Like how, yeah, how, I mean, how, yeah, how much stock yeah. do you put into karma? A lot. In this case, it's a lot. If you die from COVID nineteen after railing about how the vaccine is is whatever propaganda, then yeah, that's karma. If you die and you're trying to get the shot or whatever, it was the beginning of the pandemic, then no karma. But specifically for this reason, yeah, that's karma. Yeah, that's karma. Here's and the you're good hosting news. science radio. Like, come on, man, just it's not science. Here's the good news: um, real science radio does not have a lot of followers. They don't. They only have four hundred followers on Twitter. Was he on like that three a.m. slot on like Sunday morning? I don't know. It's um, uh, the, the amount of people that actually. It, it, you can't have like a, a Christian focused radio show and call it real science. You're just being rude at that point. <laughs> it's just rude. Anyway. Yeah. So, with that, we can move on. I got. I got two articles. I'll give you the choice on these other two. Because they're complete non sequiturs. Uh, we could talk about um, banned books or nuclear submarines. Ooh, I know what the nuclear submarine story is. Yeah. Uh, let's do that one first and then we'll do banned books. Okay, cool. Here we go. Reading from ABC News, I think. 
Oh, abc.net.au. That's that's the Australian broadcasting company. There's an ABC down here that's for Australia. So okay, it's cool. not the American broadcasting company. Well, I, I had a CNN article about this because I got an alert about it. And I thought, and, and I don't remember the article being as long as it was when I looked at it earlier. So I like this one for its brevity. Australia to get nuclear powered submarines will scrap 90 billion program to build French designed subs. This is cool that you know about this because I could get a more quote unquote local perspective. Yeah. Now I did ask Chow for a comment and her response was just, oh God. And that was it. (laughs) She didn't, she didn't have any. And that's basically the voice of Australia right there. Australia's next. So reading from the article, Australia's next submarine fleet will be nuclear powered under an audacious plan that will see a controversial $90 billion program to build up to 12 French designed submarines scrapped. The ABC understands Australia will use American and British technology to configure its next submarine fleet in a bid to replace its existing Collins class subs with a boat more suitable to the deteriorating strategic environment. Australia, the United States and Britain are expected to jointly announce a new trilateral security partnership on Thursday. So this would have been about two days ago with a focus on aligning technology and regional challenges. But Australia's embrace of nuclear-powered submarines will have its political and technological challenges given there is no domestic nuclear industry. The three new national security pacts called AUKUS, 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 will be seen by China as a bid to counter its regional influence, especially in the contest in the contested southern China Sea. The nuclear submarines would likely be based in WA. What is that? Western Australia? So Perth? Maybe. In 2016, the Turnbull government announced French company Naval Group, then known as DCNS, has been selected for this country's largest ever defense contract to design and build regionally superior conventional submarines. The ABC understands Prime Minister Scott Morrison convened a National Security Committee of Cabinet on Tuesday ahead of coordinated announcements in Washington and London. Cabinet ministers were given special COVID exemptions to travel to Canberra. For the, I like how they have to clarify this for the top secret discussions. In a highly unusual step, the prime minister also invited labor leader Anthony Albanese and three of his senior shadow ministers. That's cool. Shadow ministers <laughs> to be briefed on the plan. American media. Also, are they really shadow ministers if they're just say, calling them out? Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of gets away from the shadowing, right? Yeah, it still sounds cool. Like if your title was shadow minister, that'd be dope. I want to be a shadow. Like I could be a shadow producer. American media reports says reports say U.S. President Joe Biden is scheduled to deliver brief remarks about a national security initiative on Wednesday afternoon in Washington local time. A well-placed military source has told the ABC, the Defense Department's general manager of submarines, Greg Samet, has called an urgent clear lower decks meeting for tomorrow morning to discuss the dramatic development. Another senior official said top secret briefings have been arranged at the Defense Department on Thursday. Inside military circles, there is also speculating that the transition to a nuclear submarine program could initially be overseen by retired U.S. Vice Admiral William Hillerides, whatever, who chairs the federal government's Naval Shipbuilding Expert Advisory Panel. 
Government sources say Mr. Morrison tries tried unsuccessfully to line up a phone call with French President Emmanuel Macron on Wednesday, but it has now been instead scheduled for Thursday. Be like, yeah, sorry, buddy, we're not we're not making your subs anymore. The ABC has been told that that news of Australia's decision was instead delivered to Paris by the Secretary of Defense Department, Greg Moriarty. Allied naval presence is expected to increase north of Australia, including in the contested South China Sea, as part of a coordinated tri-continental push against Beijing territorial aggression. Getting to the point of this, Australia, the United States, and Britain are expected to reorient their submarines and warship fleets to counter China's increasing regional presence. Regional diplomatic missions across Canberra are expected to be briefed on the announcement on Thursday afternoon. So before I get your thoughts on this, when we're saying nuclear submarines, are we talking nuclear powered submarines or nuclear capable? Capable. I'm assuming it's nuclear powered. Okay. That makes more sense. That's less spooky. Okay. So what do you think? What's the word over there? So from a New Zealand standpoint, Mm -hmm. New Zealand is nuclear free. Right, you're you're aware of that. New Zealand has has a very strong stance against the use of nuclear power. Interesting. Okay, so it's Didn't why power here is so daggone expensive. <laughs> yeah, because nuclear power, for as much as the idea of a nuclear power plant is terrifying, when you think of Fukushima, it's probably one of the most efficient ways we have of of energy. Right, like yeah. I, New Zealand's small, but a nuclear power plant could probably power the entire country. Yeah, nuclear um, power is it's highly controversial, but at the same time, it's very efficient. It's super it's not that unsafe. No, it's not that unsafe and it's very efficient. It's in a very yeah. efficient way of using power. But in general, New Zealand has been nuclear free since like the eighties. And so there's a couple of things with this. One, this deal obviously New Zealand is hurt because New Zealand didn't get called to be part of this deal. And I'll read some of these headlines too. Yeah, I'll I'll read some of the some of the headlines from this week, which is Mm -hmm. the big one, which was AUKUS Defense Pact. New Zealand's exclusion reflects our friend, not ally, status with the U.S. So (laughs) Kiwis are hurt by saying, "Look, you know, we were expecting because a lot of this is um, this is the U.S.'s play to control the the China Sea, right? Like as far as allies are concerned, Australia, New Zealand." are the closest Western allies to that area of the world, to the Pacific. Well, I guess and, the goal is keeping China in check, right? Yes. Like, that's and, the ultimate goal here. Yeah, and so this is a big New Zealand problem, because New Zealand gives quite a bit of export to China, because there's a lot of Chinese people who want to buy a lot of milk and a lot of meat, right? And New Zealand runs dairy farms and, and lamb farms and all of these things that, hey, and wine, right? All the things that New Zealand makes... I think New Zealand ships out most of the crap that, that we make on this island. And it's why stuff here is so expensive is because China's willing to pay a better price at bulk than, you know, I am <laughs> by going yeah. to the grocery store. Sure. So in general, this is a bit of a, hey, Australia is going to take a strong stance against China. And they're going to do this by telling France, hey, look, your subs that we've spent $270 million or billion dollars on, we, we're going we're gonna to go with the U.S., and with the UK, and they're going to help us build up this defense force. And New Zealand is kind of like, well, we kind of got left out of it, but we're hoping that, you know, because we're heavily allied with Australia, 
that we've got to figure out where do we stand on this? Are we are we for China? Are we against China? Are we you know is does the U.S. have our back in these situations? It's it's brought up some mixed feelings by saying that the relationship with the U.S. is it's strong as far as Western allies are concerned, or Western friends are concerned, but it's not strong as far as allies. Um, like New Zealand learned if so I read it from this article it says on Thursday three of those five eyes right so the so the five eyes intelligence three of those that's five also, eyes that's Australia. also cool that's a cool name yeah so three of those five eyes Australia the United Kingdom and the U.S. unveiled the new defense pack of their own so there used to be a pack with everybody and now they've got their own pack AUKUS extends nuclear submarine technology to Australia in a bid to counter China's rising power. New Zealand was not included and apparently only learned of the agreement around the same time press reports began emerging on Wednesday evening. On its own, the the exclusion cannot be interpreted as a signal of worsening relationship, but it does underscore New Zealand's delicate, poised diplomatic footing between its traditional Western partners and China. So New Zealand makes a lot of money off of China. And so New Zealand, being a small country, can't do what the U.S. or Australia or the U.K. can, right? So, yeah, so that's that's how I know about this is because everyone's kind of looking at the prime minister going, great, you're handling COVID. It's awesome. But some of these global events, and I think that's the biggest knock on Jacinda as a prime minister anyways, right? When it comes to crisis, I'll say this is that she is one of the best I've ever seen as far as crisis management, like it's pretty weird to watch how polished she is, whether it was the terrorist attack and the shootings or COVID. That's why everyone loves her is because when there's a problem, she's the person I want running my organization or my com- or my country or my company. When it comes like the day-to-day stuff, eh, not so good. <laughs> so like when it comes to like setting up deals with other countries or housing inequality or, you know, basic food rights and, you know, dealing with people on welfare and systems and those types of things. She's not as great. But when it comes to, oh, no, the world's going to fall apart, she's awesome. So this is kind of the other side's way of, of hey, as everyone keeps patting Jacinda on the back for keeping us all free of COVID, we're failing on this side of thing where we're getting left out of deals and we're going to be beholden to China when everyone else is starting to fight this. Yeah. But I can when you think about the like military presence, I, I know that New Zealand has one, right? Yeah, we but, do, but it's, it's not but much. What, um, what, what, where in the list of calls do you think they are? Also, is it Australia that asked for them? And they were like, yeah, these uh, well, Australia these, will these pull... French, like who lobbied for what to get this deal to happen? Was it the U S well, and Britain who said, yes, that's you exactly want what this is, stuff? Right? You don't think Australia yeah. was like, look, man, these French subs are not, cutting it well i'm sure that's what you got what do you got it probably started that way but like that's how again they're all commonwealth countries right like world war ii australia new zealand entered the war the i believe it was like hours after the uk entered the war like that's how it works anything that the united kingdom does even with the brexit mess and all that stuff that australia and new zealand as long as they're commonwealth countries are going to follow and so this is one of those cases where the UK said, hey, so uh, Brexit's a, th- a real thing. And if you still, you know, hey, you still got the queen on your money, right? So we want you to do this. And, of course, they're going to be like, yeah, cool. And they kind of know, like, well, New Zealand, I don't like nuclear power. Well, let's just leave them out of it. Let's see if they come around later. Like, that's probably how this was done. Because they know, like, you guys aren't down with the nuclear power in Australia. Those guys are crazy. They'll do kind of anything we ask. Yeah. Well, France is kind of pissed off about this, I guess. Yeah. China is obviously very upset about it, but really, yeah. like, are we really in a, 
what does it do? I often wonder this. Like, how long has it been since there's been a naval conflict? The likes well, that you'd see in yeah. a um like what is it, Crimson Sea? The one with Denzel? Yeah, it's like World War Which II, right? It's like the, the South Pacific theater. Like it's got it's gotta be the it's gotta be World War II. Yeah, but we keep building all this shit. I mean, yeah, like that's the well again, but like the the China Sea is a, is a major. If, if you were to guess, we used to do this a while ago. Where we said, "Where would World War Three start?" And it, the China Sea is a big player in this, right? Because you got Japan, you've got Korea, you've got China, you've got you know Australia, New Zealand, the Pacific Islands. Like the China Sea is a giant port. Singapore, right? You got all these places that are all connected through that sea. And if you control the China Sea, you control pretty much the the South Pacific and South Asia. You control all of it. So I'm not surprised by that at all, that we keep building stuff to watch out what's happening in the in the China Sea. But to what end? Yeah. Is a submarine going to be as useful as like, you know, satellites and planes? If you're just watching, what do you need? Nuclear? Why do you need like ninety billion dollars worth of? I mean, that's that was the contract with France. I don't know how much this was, yeah. but like, do you need ninety billion dollars worth of submarines when you could probably just throw up throw up a few satellites and uh, and get some drones to yeah. do the job for you? Yeah, like, look, there's an article from the Wall Street Journal: the challenge of China's rising power of, on the seas. A naval arms race has surfaced in the Pacific, forcing the U.S. to find its way to counter Beijing's ambitious without spurring a conflict. So it's like, hey, get Australia to do it. <laughs> Right. Uh, so it's like whether or not America's entered a new Cold War or whether Cold War is the right reference point for contemporary geopolitics, it's clear that the U.S. is in a new arms race with China. But unlike the long visible struggle with the Soviets, where land armies in Europe were the front lines and the prospect of intercontinental nuclear strikes loomed, today's arm race has been concentrated mostly out of public view at the sea. So it's pivotal geographic, it's pivotal geography in the Western Pacific, the vast stretch of water west of Hawaii, the Luzon Strait, which connects the Philippine Sea to South China Sea, has replaced the folded gap that straddled East and West Germany as the most critically tense piece of geography in the world. So yeah, this is this is where the next standoff is starting in this specific That's part the of the world. That's the most tense. That's yeah, more apparently. tense than the India-Pakistani border. As far as America's concerned, yeah. Oh, fair enough. As, as far as American Western politics, our beef with China is going to take place at the South, is going to take place at the China Sea. It I just, just like, what, what is China's goal? Like, what do you, what do you think their actual, like, what is, the what same, is the, the same, of, the same America's goal 40 years ago is to be the, be the global power, be the world power, control everything. That's they the have goal. to know that this, this stuff doesn't work. Like by now they got to realize like this, this story has been, has been written many times over. Like once well, you like start, up, but you should pull up a map though. Like it's interesting. If you pull up this map and look at the South China sea, you've got Hong Kong, Taiwan, Manila, Singapore, Ho Chi Minh city. Yeah. Like again, like, like if you and think about how many people live in these, like that's, this is probably what? A third of the world's population in this section, yeah, I'd guess. But that's why I'm saying, like, China, like, you got to chill. You can't, you can't do anything too aggressive because you're gonna lose. Are they it's, though? Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know enough about geopolitics to call that a confirmed win. I don't know. China, I mean, we 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 owe a lot of stuff to China. Like, let, let's we need China. 
<laughs> from a from a producing standpoint, this isn't 1940 where we roll where you know we turn all the auto industries into into tank factories, right? So we like those get, days are dead. We could get really. We could get really dark. You want to get dark for a second? Sure. Okay. What if there is a conflict and the U.S. wants it so that if they if they're betting on China losing and China shrinks, then we don't owe them debt. <laughs> Well, we're not going to pay back their debt anyway. Is that is that too conspiracy crazy? Well, like I mean, like what you, you're kind of comparing it to the USSR by saying if eventually we just bleed China out, that all of these places start becoming their own places, right? So, like, I mean, China's huge, right? Just like you know, the USSR was huge, and so you start splitting up Shanghai, you start splitting up Beijing, the area around North Korea becomes free. Um, Hong Kong kind of becomes its own Western, you know, idealized thing. Taiwan gets freedom. Like again, what you're talking about, China's huge. And these are, these are like millions and millions of people in each one of these cities I just named. Yeah. So like, I, I'm not confirmed that America will win. We don't manufacture stuff the way that we used to. Our, our global power is influence at this point. It's we've reached the, we're not in an industrial revolution the way that China is. China can follow blueprints and and massively deploy things the way that the U.S. can't. We fight wars on technology. It's just different. We're at a different point in our growth of a country. And China wishes they could beat us. They want to get to the information age instead of the building age. They're tired of just getting plans and blueprints and building the thing. They want to be the ones who creatively come up with the thing. And like that's why the electric cars that they're building, like there's a ton of stuff that China's doing trying to catch up to America. And America's threatened by that because if China all of a sudden becomes what we were in the 90s and the early 2000s, then America doesn't have as much influence as it did before. Yeah, but at that point, you're still 20 years ahead. You are. I mean, you'd like to think so, but uh, the last four years haven't been very great for America. Yeah. So. Like that's the, that's what I mean. Like you know, plenty of people doing deals with China. China's got money. China's willing to spend, and that's what talks at the end. And when the U.S. tried to start closing itself off from the, the global economy because Trump said we don't need them, then the world will move on. They'll say, "Well, you guys stay over there." I mean, this is what happened to the U.K. Right? the The British Empire was the greatest empire for thousands of years. Yeah, and then eventually. But that's what I'm saying. That's that's why I'm saying every time. In history, somebody's tried to expand beyond their reach and like overstep their bounds, bites them in the ass. And that well, leads to the I mean, downfall. Eventually, but Britain did pretty good. And I would say America, we've overstepped our bounds. Oh, and yeah. It's starting to bite us, like the whole stuff in the Middle East. Like that's bitten us. Like we've spent 20 years fighting a war that we oh, lost. Oh, yeah. Exa- absolutely. Exactly. Started to bite us in, I'd say, around Vietnam. Yeah. Maybe, I, even, I mean, maybe even the Korean Korea, conflict. Really? I mean, we like, didn't, Korean we didn't solve I mean, that one. South Korea benefited from it, but we didn't really fix that. We just stopped. <laughs> yeah, I think um, yeah, it's it's a it's a risky proposition, and they also real and also that would come at a massive cost, both both dollar value and human life value, if there was any sort of large conflict with China. I just don't see any rational reason why you would take that bet. Oh, what, if you were China, China of China, not, yeah. I mean, I don't think they will. I don't think they will. But I think China very slowly. I mean, look, they're they're manufacturing our goods. They're you know they're starting to get into the global social media platform and storing data and all of those things. 
So I think there's I think they're slowly fighting this war in a way that is not visible to us, which is nuclear submarines and TikTok. <laughs> I also wonder how long they'd be continually able to they they read to me more like a I mean it's much more sophisticated and their infrastructure is a lot stronger, but more like a USSR situation. Like they they'll just overstep their reach and their people are eventually gonna suffer as a result. Oh, well, that's like, probably oh, already I'm, happening. I'm, that's already I'm tired of this now, shit. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's already happening. It's just now. got a like, boiling point. Well, it's happened with Hong Kong, right? Like that's the perfect example. Now, Hong Kong obviously has been in a different place for a very long time where they've had freedoms that the rest of China doesn't have, but that's why Hong Kong is such a threat. Because if Hong Kong's ideals spread throughout China, this thing's over. Because yeah. Hong Kong's ideals are very western compared to the rest of China. And so that's why there's a big part of suppressing Hong Kong and Taiwan because they've lived with a bit of freedom that, you know, a guy living in, you know, in the middle of Hunan province doesn't have. Yeah. Or who lives in Wuhan doesn't have, right? So Yeah. So, you wonder you wonder how long it would take for people to like how long does it that critical mass take or is it even possible? at this point to even rise up from the inside where someone's like, like hey man this yeah. guy's president forever uh, desperation president's man. work because you you got to be willing to give up your life and i would say a good portion of china has started to do fairly well there's a middle class in china the way that we that we used yeah. to have in the states and then that's weird. when you kind of get complacent because you kind of go well, very I'm, my life's pretty good which is weird because it's very not communist <laughs> yes Yes, but yeah. again, there's a the, the biggest middle class right now, and I would say all the times we travel, who who do we see more than anyone else traveling? A lot of Chinese, Chinese people. people. Yeah, because Chinese exactly. people are starting to come into wealth, and they're starting to benefit from the things that we benefited from the 70s and 80s. It's just different. Yeah, taking uh, taking pictures of black people. They see. Yeah, yeah. Again, they're, they're they're still amazed by the fact that there's this outside world that the rest of us are like. That's where have you guys been? But they've been sheltered by it. So yeah, it's wild. Speaking of being sheltered, what a transition! Let's talk about um, let's talk about some book bans in the good old U.S. of A. <laughs> talk about communist China. Now we're banning books in America. It's great. Yeah, you want to guess the state? Oh, it's uh, southern for sure. It's um, not. Let's just go to. Let's just. It's not southern. Not southern. Ooh, okay. It may surprise you. Well, I mean, it's southern as in south of the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> No, so it's unless you consider southern like south of Canada, then okay, no, no, no. it's not southern. Uh, wow, east coast or west coast? East. Ooh, yeah, spicy. Vermont. Let's go with Vermont. Nope. Give me two more guesses. Oh, I have to Maine. Think about it this way. Think about. <laughs> I'll, I'll help you out here. Maine. No, I'll give you one more guess. Pennsylvania. Keep, think. Yep, that's right. Yeah, because Pennsylvania is kind of some weirdos in Pennsylvania. It's a little, it's a little purple. Here we go. Yeah, student. I'm not going to read the headline because this is again one of these things where the headline oh, Ohio was going to be my final guess because I that would have been a good burning some yeah. books in Ohio. That's a good one. Um, or Missouri. Uh, all right, students. That's south, it, That's south of the Mason Dixon. Is it south? Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. I don't know geography. Sure. Students in York, Pennsylvania, are fighting back against the school district schools districts. Is that right? Wouldn't it be school district? It doesn't matter. Book ban surrounding race and history, which has come to include books on Rosa Parks, Sesame Street, and the biography of activist Malala Yousafzai. Malala, you know you you, you know Malala. Yes. yes. Yousafzai, Zai, Yousafzai. Anyway, quote: 
I don't think a moral compass will let you ban books about equality and loving each other, end quote. Christina Ellis, a senior at Central York High School, told CNN. The ban initially occurred last October when the all-white school board banned the, I'm reading from the Hill, by the way, when the all-white school board banned the above materials and numerous more that surround race, social justice, and history. A virtual school board meeting was held Monday so students, parents, faculty, and members of the community could debate the curriculum ban. Quote, this is a board that after hearing their students' concerns about about diversity in the district, hearing my struggle with race, being an Indian American, and consistently feeling like I didn't belong, end quote. Edda Gupta, a senior at the high school, said, quote, after all, these, after all those conversations for weeks on end, they still pursued the book ban, end quote. The ban has the ban has had a has bleh, the ban has had wide implications for school librarians and teachers who say that on top of their moral objections to it, it also instills a fear for their job safety. Quote, I have to I have to know I have this is a horribly written. I have <laughs> to oh, never mind. Just, the, the reading of it is just rough. Could be that too. I have to now with this resource ban. Oh, no, this is right. Think twice about whether or not I should or could use a James Baldwin quote as an opening for my class and quote, said Central York High School teacher Ben Hodge quote, there are teachers looking over their shoulders, wondering if someone's going to be at their door, darkening their door, saying you saying you said something or you mentioned something or use something that you were not supposed to and quote, added fellow teacher Patricia Jackson, who has worked in the school district for more than 20 years. Parents remain split over the decision. Quote, I don't think that a board that lacks diversity is the appropriate authority to determine what qualifies as appropriate material to address race in this community, end quote, said parent Brandy Miller. Parent Matt Wayant Wyant countered this view, saying, quote, I don't want my daughter growing up feeling guilty because she's white, end quote. Oh, During the wow. virtual meeting, school officials stated it has frozen the use of material so it could vet them. It hasn't banned them. However, the vetting process began close to a year ago, and the school board upheld prohibiting the material. So, they um, so these are the books. So I found on another uh, article here. These are the um, I'll just send you this link here. These are the books and other resources banned by the Central York School Board. So I will send you this link, and you can see that. Yeah, one of them was like the Sesame Street Town Hall on racism on uh, on CNN. So it was pretty, pretty well. So articles, Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter, anti-racist works in schools, being anti-racist, PASA statement on racism, issues statement on race, on recent events and racial inequality in our nation, like all these, uh, all these different articles, that stuff, the books, uh, anti-racist resources. Why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria and other conversations about race by Beverly Daniel Tatum, me and white supremacy, combat racism, change the world and become a good ancestor by Layla F. Sad. Um, this book is anti-racist by Tiffany Jewell. <laughs> they wow. seem to like be really Very specific. specific here. Yeah. yeah. Documentaries, the African-Americans, many rivers to cross a six part PBS documentary. This one's crazy because this is recent. And I think this was actually, didn't this one awards I Am Not Your Negro by uh, yeah. James Baldwin? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. This is, um, so all these things. Also, there's apparently videos called, ouch, that stereotype hurts training. Ouch, 
That stereotype hurts leader leader guide. Ouch. That stereotype hurts participant handout. <laughs> and a TED talk of Cameron Jones, MD on allegories on race. It's really bizarre. Wow. It, you know what's really funny about this stuff and why it's mm-hmm. like this is like this shows why certain people shouldn't be running things because you can't ban stuff anymore. Like those days are over. Yeah. Banning exactly. information. It's just mm-hmm. done. Like you can't ban information anymore because of the internet <laughs> it's yeah. like great you can ban this hard version of this book but then this thing is like it's just done by the time this thing hits the internet you're over like you can't get rid of photos you can't get rid of anything once this hits mass consumption so yeah i get why the kids are fighting for like the symbolism of fighting for this but like the idea of trying to ban a book is just dumb yeah i mean the idea of banning any of these because the people's writings you take what you take what you will out of them and then and then you talk about it like that's what learning Look, is. I, I feel this way about all books right like i don't yep. feel that you should ban mind comp right yep that's the go-to right like, or or dr seuss equally offensive and again like i know we've had lots of dis- dis- we've had <laughs> lots of debates about banning flags and the ability to ban things but yeah. again for me banning a flag is much different because there's no real it's a symbol where I, I mean, it's very hard to say that literature. Now, literature can be a symbol, but like, unless you're like, unless you're riding around with the cover of Mein Kampf in your in your backyard, right? Having a book somewhere in your own house, like like I said, if you want to put the Confederate flag all up in your own house, and I don't have to see it. I don't really care. But like, it's not like people are walking around shoving books in people's faces. That's the thing, right? Like, books generally aren't symbols for things unless you make them symbols. These are documentaries. Like you can't print off a documentary and fly it in front of your house or fly it on the back of your truck. So that's why it's weird. Like banning media is an odd one to me because one, it doesn't work. <laughs> like that's it's a problem. It just doesn't work anymore. Yeah, not with the internet. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Not with the internet. Everything. So it's kind yeah. of it's kind of futile. And it's like to me, you're just doing stuff to just make people upset at this point. Like what what do you hope to gain from this? That someone's not going to read this stuff because they are because yeah. the, it's on the internet. And people. People write this kind of stuff every day now, multiple times a day. So you can find these these opinions and thoughts all over the place. You don't need banning something is just like, you know, it's like stepping on that, um, you know, that ripple in the rug. It's like two more are going to come right out of the other side. So what's the point? Yeah. And and I guess I'm just trying to figure out, like, what are you trying to achieve other than just making everyone upset at you? The argument is that. Because of all these things, it makes it makes white people seem like they're guilty and that they should be ashamed. That's like that guy said. That's really the only yeah. argument they have. It's not a good one. But, but it's the like, problem is, these is are that the you same kinda, people. Like, you sh- like it's okay to be a sh- like it's okay to like be aware of your history and how crappy it is. Like I would say, like yeah. you know, the knock of the j- knock of Japanese people versus German people is that German people have very readily admitted how wrong they were for World War II, right? Yeah. Like, I, and you see stuff like this all the time where German government comes out and goes, nope, we're not playing that game again. We're not doing this. Japan is trying to pretend like it just didn't exist. Yeah. Like, they just kind of go, what, what do you mean? Nothing happened. What do you mean, World War II? What's that? Like, it's that type of stuff that's like, well, wait a minute. If you don't acknowledge it and just be like, look, we were wrong. But that doesn't mean that we're directly responsible right now, but we can still acknowledge that we've got ideolo- we got ideologies and things that are wrong as a group of people that we need to constantly make sure we don't do again. 
Yeah. And that's kind of what the German philosophy is, which is we keep we keep these reminders so this never happens again. Because you're right. There's plenty of white people that have nothing to do with any of these atrocities, but a lot of them stand by and watch. I'd argue, yeah. I'm, I, and I mean, you're talking about these things from the past. I mean, a lot of this stuff, like, what is there one of these things about slavery or something like that? I don't know. But, you know, that that's one where zero white people now have had anything to do with that. Yeah. But it's it's all about learning and you know empathy and you know and becoming it's like a what if you don't person, know your history pretty... you're bound to repeat it right yeah and it's like if you're not teaching kids on like just the facts of what happened then you're missing out like if you're still going to teach world war ii there's people in japan and germany who have a completely different experience of world war ii versus america's view of world war ii right like in Russia's view, like everyone's got a different view, a different viewpoint. Don't you want to be able to read all of those viewpoints to make the best conclusion that you can? Or do you just want to read one side of the story? Yeah. Yeah. You got to be informed. You got to, you got to know what's going on. Um, and, the, and these are the same people who are banning these things who would also be the ones saying, how could you ban Dr. Seuss? Well, yeah. They what's didn't wrong with ban Dr. it. Seuss? And it's they like, yeah, they, yeah. They didn't ban it. They just took it out of publication, but nothing stopping you from it. Put them out there. Absolutely. Go for it. You can still find if you really want to find Mind Cop, I could find it probably in about five minutes. Oh yeah. Easily. Yeah. Like that's and that's why that's why the internet is great, is because it stops you from being able to just erase things from history. Um, it's very hard these days to erase things because plenty of people make it their point to just back up the internet. Um, and so that's it's a very interesting part of the internet for me, of just people who just they hoard stuff because they're afraid of stuff like this happening where all of a sudden it's like, well, Hey, I used to, you know, I, I had a favorite artist and now all their music has been scrubbed from the internet. That's why I don't trust Spotify. I want to save it myself. Yeah. And I mean, one of these things kind of like they banned this and that kind of, this is, this is one that stands out to me that just kind of blows open the whole point, which is like, what are you trying to do here? One of the banned articles is 15 classroom resources for discussing racism policing and protest seems like a decent article for the times we're living in right yep i think so and i think regardless of your race that stuff is important yeah Um, and it's from that stuff can i'm sure that there's plenty of irish people from the 1920s who would have similar stories about some of this stuff that we're just going to pretend like that didn't happen either so like yeah i i just find being able to be informed on any subject because all this stuff while it might be black people and hispanic people now one day it might be you know, it might be a certain sex section of white people. Yeah. And that article is more of a, you know, it's more of a directory saying, Hey, here's a bunch of stuff you should check out pointing to things like PBS NewsHour and New York times, anti-defamation league. Like it's not pointing to any crazy over the top left wing, uber liberal sources here. Like all of these, I'd say most of these, cause I haven't gone through all of them, but a lot of these seem to be like pretty on the level. You know, so it's weird that this is a thing that's even happening in this country. Like, you know, we were just talking about communist China. Like that seems exactly what they would do. And when, when you're restricting information and, you know, I brought it up with the flag thing and I'd bring it up here as well. Like any, anytime you start doing this stuff, it becomes a slippery slope. Yeah. Again, I, I I draw the line at symbols, right? Symbols versus information. I don't want you to ban books on the Confederate flag or sorry. I don't want you to ban books on the Confederate um, on the army, on the civil war, on what happened. Don't ban that stuff. But if we're going to walk around with symbols, that's a little weird. <laughs> like, 
like I don't need symbols. Like give me the information, but I don't need you running around in a clan outfit. But if you got a book on the Ku Klux Klan, great. I don't think you need to burn that. I mean, you can even find podcasts featuring the Ku Klux Klan at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's my point. Like, that's kind of my point. Like, you know, Oprah used to do episodes by bringing Klan members on and asking them, asking them why they're in the Klan. She said that's her biggest regret is giving a voice to those people. But do we need to scrub that from the internet? I don't think so. No. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It would be good. Yeah. I Now, I... I agree. It would be great if it wasn't there, but again, you can't, once you start crossing things off lists, kind of opens up the ability to cross off anything you want. And that's the, that's the big problem. All right. Enough of that shit. Let's get on to some media therapy. Shall we bring this thing home? Um, now, but first, now real quick, before we, before we do that, I just do want to say I've started watching billions again. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, for those of you who know, billions it's got Paul Giamatti in it. He's one of the sure stars. does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this show has come back after lockdown, right? Because they were in the middle of season five, and they ran out of episodes because the pandemic hit while they were filming. Yeah. And Paul Giamatti has come back to this season, and I want to see if I can find a picture of Paul Giamatti for you. It's looking good because he was unrecognizable in a good way because he lost so- a bunch of weight. All right, Paul Giamatti looking good. He lost a bunch of weight. Oh, here we go. And then he shaved. He's bald. So full bald. No, no, the the facial hair. Oh, he shaved the beard. So here, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a picture. And oh, oh. did you find one? Did you find? Yeah, because it? it's, it's, it's a little jarring. Yeah, it doesn't look sh- like Paul Giamatti. It looks somehow like somebody he looks else. somehow he looks older. Well, that was the point I wanted to make. Of. <laughs> and again, I I know that having facial hair and having a bit of you know having a bit of because again he used to have the cheeks right the cheeks used to help him a bit with age. Oh my god, yeah. But you look at this image now, and it looks like Paul Giamatti is definitely he's he's lost a bit of weight, which is great because Paul Giamatti. You look at some of these images. Paul Giamatti was kind of a big boy. Yeah, he, uh, he he had a, he had a gut. He was pretty big, but he yeah. looks much better. Other than the facial hair, I think the beard is sort of the key to keeping him young. Because now that he shaved it, he looks he looks like an older man. He does. He definitely looks older. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. So I interesting. just wanted to point we, that out. We might have we, entered uh, a new era of Paul Giamatti. Yeah, because, I mean, if you want to tell me who's older looking at this picture, he kind of looks like Al Sharpton. He looks like the white Al I Sharpton. I see it. Yeah, like, I see right? it. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> So here's who I got. Here's who I got. It doesn't matter. Who's older? Demi Moore or Paul Giamatti? At this point, I'm going to say everyone's younger than Paul Giamatti. Look <laughs> at that picture. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Demi Moore is, if Paul Giamatti's 54, I'm going to say Demi Moore is 52. She is 58. Wow. She's older. And I look at Paul a picture Giamatti. of Demi Moore. She's looking and- great. She doesn't look like Paul Giamatti looks. And we love Paul Giamatti. Love Paul Giamatti. Just to be but clear. Yeah, Demi Moore, I look at these images, and Demi Moore, while well, she's she's gotten up, you know, the face is getting sucked in. There's been some work done, but I would still say she'd be Yeah, that she'd be in her in her mid fifties, but fifty eight. Wow. Yeah. That's a good she's, one. She's still crushing it. Still crushing it. Yeah, just it's just the, the, the cheeks are sucked in a little bit. There's been some work. Yeah. That's like um that's like a Hollywood aging thing, right? You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the top part of the cheek, the cheekbones are still full, but the mm-hmm. jaw is sucked in. Yeah. Got to do it. Got to do it. 
So, what do you got? Well, I started watching Billions again. <laughs> right? Yep. I heard. Um, and I did watch... I'm trying to remember the movie that I watched. I watched the movie. Um, <laughs> Must have been good. And give me a second and I'll find it because I don't remember the name of it. Well, I've watched Ted Lasso, the latest episode. I did watch Ted Lasso as well. It was uh, one of the better episodes of the season. I figured you'd like this one because that's... Your favorite character is Coach Beard, right? Is that still yes, the Coach case? Beard is the, is the best. He's the best and, character on the show. And this is a very focused... This is a Coach Beard episode. So I, I liked it a lot because I thought it had a pretty good message in there as well. Um, like it was just a different episode, and I kind of, I kind of didn't miss Ted Lasso in this case. Yeah, um, he had he had one moment at the end, and I thought it was amazing. <laughs> was, yes, the the ending gag of <laughs> watching a terrible game at ten times speed to Benny Hill music was perfect. Because I can think of a lot of games that I've participated in where that should be the result. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty great. Uh, but I, I do fear now this is like this is similar to the Christmas episode where I'm like, that was a fun one. Now we're going to get a lot of heavy shit to, yeah. to finish. Yeah, because it's all going to come back because now you've got you've gotten through that part with Beard. Mm-hmm. And so now we're going to get back to the because there's you said what? There's two episodes left of the season or one? 13 episodes, Let's 13 see, episodes. So that was episode nine. So three episodes left. Let's find out. Yeah. So I, I finally got the movie that I watched. Yeah, all right. And it's this movie called Synchronic. Have you heard of this movie? It sounds familiar. So this movie's got Anthony Mackie in it. Okay. Doesn't ring any bells. So look, first of all, I'm gonna say this is one of the this is one of the prettiest movies I've watched in a long time. It's just really well shot. Looks great. So synchronic. Yeah. So the the premise of this movie is that there's. So I'll read the I'll read the synopsis of it. Two New Orleans paramedics' lives are ripped apart after encountering a series of horrific deaths, deaths linked to a designer drug with bizarre, otherworldly side effects. Oh, it's interesting. So I I just kind of clicked on this because I'm like, look, I like Anthony Mackie. Sure. He's normally pretty good in the stuff that he's in, right? Does he need to be he doesn't need to blow my mind? He's just he's he's a good solid rock in any in any project. When he shows up, there's gonna be, you know, you can follow him through and you'll get you'll get your way out of it. He commits. I really like this movie. Again, I thought it was really well shot. Um there's some gruesome parts in it, so it might not be up your your alley. Um, because it's paramedics and there's blood and there's some some pretty gnarly looking stuff. But the premise of it I really enjoyed more than I thought I would. Um, so yeah, it's, there's some stuff that starts happening. There's a couple of plot twists. I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but if you're looking for an interesting sci-fi kind of sci-fi thriller drama, I give this, I'd say definitely give this one a go. It's not too long of a movie. It's only an hour and 40 minutes. You can get in, get out. It was good. I liked it. So yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Good stuff. Play anything? So I, I got this device, right? I got this China device. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, before you get into that, did you get your um, did you get your phone yet? The flip? I haven't gotten my phone. My phone is oh. delayed. Oh, I'm very upset sorry. about it. That is, that's depressing. You brought up a sore spot because I was I'm supposed sorry. to get my phone uh, the the ninth of September. Oh, and so the company that I ordered from sent me a message. So for, first of all, they sent me a message like two months ago that said, "Hey." So we're going to give you a $200 gift card because you pre-ordered this phone. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm getting a bunch of free stuff with this phone. Right. I'm getting like some like $400 wireless headphones. I'm getting a wireless charger and I'm getting a $200 gift card. Wow. Which is pretty cool. Right. I'm like, yeah, I keep getting free stuff. This is awesome. Yeah. And then a week before the phones do, they send me an email that says, hey, so, you know, due to lockdown, which is a very easy cop out these days, just blame everything on the lockdown. Yeah. And, you know, whatever our delivery, your phone should come the 17th. Right, yes, which was this past Friday. So I just went onto the website, checked my order history. It's been paid. Got paid in the on the fourteenth of August. I'm still awaiting goods. So this is overdue by ten days, and they haven't sent me any other messages. They haven't sent me any other gift cards. They've sent me nothing. So at this point, uh, I'm assuming it'll just appear. But yeah, there's uh, there's no phone. Apparently, they don't have stock. So wow. Yeah, that sad sucks. times. I'm not happy about it. Sorry. Sorry to hear it. All right. So tell us about the Pow Kitty. So I got this device, the Pow Kitty, right? Mm-hmm. And China's an interesting place. <laughs> I ordered this thing for like 100 bucks. Which one did you get again? Two months ago. The Pow, the, the Pow Kitty RGB 10. Okay. Not the Max? The Panda Edition. Oh, Panda Edition. All right. Got the Panda Edition. The okay. black and the white. Didn't get the orange, but I got the Panda Edition. Okay. I like the orange right? one. Because there's part of me that wants to play retro games in a way that allows me to play whatever game I want. You want to feel like <laughs> right? Because I know the Nintendo Switch and your phone and there's all these other retro platforms. But like if I want to play NHL 94, very slim Weird. chance I find that on any retro console, right? Mm-hmm. So I get this thing, right? And the Pow Kitty is basically, it's kind of like, you can say it's like a Switch. It's like a Switch and a phone put together. It's like a Switch. It allows light. for you to yeah, and it allows you to put your own images of games basically up to Nintendo 64 and PSX, PS1. Mm-hmm. Anything after that starts getting a little too hardware intensive, which means you need something else. So you can play basically any old game from there forward, right? So I I was this is one of those things you order from AliExpress. And it shows up when it shows up. So it I is on Amazon. About it is on Amazon. It's on Amazon as well, but for people in New Zealand, you order from AliExpress. But that's the max. I got the Max. It's the RGB 10 Max oh, okay. Panda Edition. Got it. That's the one I sure. got. Okay. So I forgot about this thing. And then this brick showed up to my house like two days ago. And I was like, what is this? And I'm like, I'm trying to unpack it. And it's like, it's really packaged tight, right? Because this had to go through customs. and had to go through <laughs> all these things. And I open it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this thing. So I started having to play with it. And I turned it on. And the first thing I noticed is that they've already loaded this thing with almost every game known to man <laughs> from 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 playstation to like there's regular atari games matter of fact let me pull it up it's up it's at my desk it's got i mean it's got every system name a system that came out before the playstation and it's and it's on this thing yeah like like 3do all oh. these atari systems wow it's got everything on here it's got every how's system the build, how's the build quality of this thing now the I'm build quality i'm holding this. it now it's uh it's Bad. it's a little it's plastic, but it feels solid, right? Like, it doesn't feel like it's going to break. The funny thing is, with the buttons, I had to kind of press them, like, the first time to kind of break the seal of the buttons, which you know what you <laughs> get when you buy a console that's from a reputable, uh, <laughs> like, you know? But, like, once I once I kind of broke the seal, right, it was good, right? Good tactile feel, right? It's got the the, the thumbsticks are actually, I believe, the same thumbsticks that they use, that, that they use for the Switch. So the some thumbsticks feel really good. Now I wonder whether or not these will get stuck the way that the Switch thumbsticks get oh, stuck. Oh, you mean drift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the same oh. thumbsticks as what's on the Switch. Um, it feels pretty good. Like I'm holding it now. It, it's uh, you know, it's plastic, 
but it's got a nice coating on it. It's got, got like a nice rubber, like almost like a powder coat on it that feels pretty good. Um, yep. The audio was loud, so I've had to turn down the audio because it was super loud. But yeah, this thing came with a 128 gigabyte card. And I'm going through now, if I go through, if I want to load the core. So it's got arcade ROMs on here. It's got Atari, the 2600, the 5200, the 7800, the Lynx. Oh, Lynx. All right. There you go. It's got yeah, the no. Lynx. I don't see the Jaguar. Let me see. Let me keep scrolling. Uh, Sounds like Lynx, some lawsuit Lynx, territory ST, right there. Yep. ST, STETT Falcon. It's mm. got a. Let's see. Uh, oh, wait. Not, not I'm in the game. Sorry. Um, yeah. Commodore, right? Commodore 64, 128, Amiga. Um, it's got something called. The, it's got DOS games on here, so you can play old DOS games. Wow. There you go. Um, it's got something called handheld electronic. <laughs> so some random thing called handheld electronic. Mr. Boom, um, which I believe is Bomberman's name. So there's a concept for that. NEC, right? So a couple of PC engines on here. Nintendo, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, uh, Nintendo 64. So again, like I'm, I'm reading through all of these because it's got pretty much everything. All right. Sega. It's got all the Sega games. Sega Saturn, Neo Geo, um, 3DO, the 3DO company. Um, so yeah, so it's got, and this stuff came with it, right? So like, I didn't have to go download anything or go through the depths of the internet. It just came with all this stuff. So yeah, so it's got a bunch of games. It doesn't have every game. It doesn't have all the ROMs, but it's got quite a bit of them. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking for some retro games to play because I kind of feel like, you know, playing some old stuff. I started playing NHL 94. <laughs> and I was yeah. trying to find out whether I should find like a newer version of NHL. But you know what? 94 is good. Um, the same deeks from back in the day still work. So yeah, um, that's what it's I've been doing. The video same games. game. Now I'm on their it website. No, nothing's need, changed. It's the same. I stuff. need I need help because I'm looking at this website, right? Yeah. And at the top, it, they're advertising thing called the X18s, right? They they lay out the specs. Mm-hmm. Pre-sale time September 23rd. Delivery time 9:28. Then it just says <laughs> do- dollars. It says 17 dollars question mark. Why? <laughs> Well, I'm assuming it's 170 something, right? Like 175. Oh, so you think like they're not saying seventeen dollars? They're saying yeah. it's 170 something. Yes, and we're going to reveal that. Yeah, at a time TBD. Like we're we're yeah. going to charge you at least 170 dollars, but we're debating how many additional dollars it's going to be. You think that's yeah. what's going on? I think that's exactly what's going on because you sent me the website and they've got all of these different systems, right? It's like the system I bought is like one of the they most got popular. A ones. ton. This this is like lawsuit city because they got it this totally thing is. called the Pow <laughs> Kitty Ambernic RG three hundred retro portable game. It's it's a Game Boy Micro and it's the yes. NES. It's the classic NES anniversary skinned Game Boy Micro. Yes, same color. <laughs> yeah, I mean they got they straight up have Xbox buttons on the X seventeen. Yeah, like I said, they've got Switch joysticks on this thing. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Those are like extra factory yeah. materials, I'll bet. Well, again, like let's be honest, right? They probably, this is probably the same factory that they build half these game consoles in anyways. Oh, yeah. So they kind of get the parts for it and go, well, maybe we just make our own game console on the side for 120 bucks while we're building Switches for 400 bucks. Yeah, these are, I don't know, I don't think this is the exact model but Soldier Boy, like he's got his console thing, um, and it's actually like I don't know if you ever seen those those things that he's done, and they're basically rebranded versions of 
the um, the rebranded versions of his um, of these emulating machines, and he just charges like three times the cost of them. So, yeah. So basically, like, imagine you bought this Pal Kitty. What is like sixty bucks? So his uh, 100 site, hundred bucks. bucks. So his site will basically it'll be the same exact thing, three hundred dollars, but it says Soldier Soldier Boy on it or whatever the hell it is. So. Yeah, wow. so look, I mean, this thing is highly rated, right? People love this thing. And I say it feels good. Um, I'm not sure about the battery life yet. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Probably depends but on the yeah, I've uh I've enjoyed it so far. I haven't had to do much. I was expecting to have to do a lot more hacking and slashing. Uh but yeah, it's uh it's the screen's pretty high quality. I've enjoyed my my NHL series that I've started. It's been good. Yeah, you should get some uh let's say trying to think what would i play on that thing i don't you know asked man me to play I, something weird and i was like yeah of course you oh yeah cho anarchy i said play that and i'm not because that's anarchy. that to me is like the funniest retro game ever there's no there's no better game to, to there's no better i it's one of my favorite games for reference because it's so weird it's a gay shoot them up and you play as a bunch and you play as like these two gay, super muscular men and everything in the game is just all of these muscular men wearing like G strings. It's hilarious. It doesn't look fun. It looked like a regular shoot. Like I'd much rather play some yeah, of these other games. Shoot them up. It's basically like yeah. an R type. It's an R type style. Yeah. yeah. I'd much yeah. rather play R type now that I've got this thing. Let yeah, me play but, some of these games that I actually remember and played before, but you can't play as like naked men who are like super buff and muscular. Yeah, sure. It really, it's a matter of how you feel in it at any given point, you know? Anyway, if you really want to play a shoot 'em up, you play Ikaruga on the Switch because that game's amazing. But look, if you want to play some old retro games, if you're getting old and you get nostalgic, buy this thing for like a hundred bucks and you can, and it comes with a bunch of games you can play. And you can I'll, go I'll find I'll also your own tell you that you can play, they, EA re released NHL 94 with modern rosters about oh, well, two that's cool. years ago. That's on, and that's on all modern consoles right now. So, because NHL ninety four, I think it's, even on, think it's even on Game Pass. NHL ninety four is considered the best hockey game of all time. I disagree, but it's good. It's I disagree fun. as well, but it's but it's fun. Yeah, my favorite hockey yeah, so game. NHL ninety four Rewind is that what it's called? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I always had a soft spot for the uh, the two K hockey games because yeah, those had, games are good. Uh, it was yeah. once they had icon passing so that every once I had the puck, I can basically I knew like the shoulder buttons were or the bumpers were the defensemen left and right, respectively. And then the left wing center and right wing were X, Y, B on uh, Xbox, at least. So it was like super easy to have complete puck control and make plays. It, it was it was awesome. It was really cool. So those I missed those. Those were good. Never really got into any NHL, like EA NHL game, but I'm interested to I see. Did. How I got they... into one of those, one of those, what was it, 12, 13, 14, one of those games I got into. Now, I would love, I would love an NHL game on Switch. And I, for the, I just don't understand why EA won't do it. But then again, it's not going to happen. EA would probably do a rough version. Like what they're doing with FIFA on Switch is gross. Well, they keep Every... ruining, and that's the thing. They, they keep ruining their, like they, what they did oh. to NBA Live. Is, is unforgivable for sports fans. They ruined. And again, I understand that NBA 2K be slowly became sort of the NBA game to play, right? Like that's of all the games, right? MLB The Show 
and 2K, NBA 2K, were the two sports that sort of EA had just lost, right? Like, they, they weren't making a good baseball game, and that hadn't happened for 20 years. And the basketball game, just what they did to NBA Live was, like, they, they didn't release it for two years because it was so bad. Oh, yeah. They, they had a version of NBA Live that was actually reviewed. Like, IGN yeah, had awful. reviews ready bad. to go, and they didn't release yeah. the game. Yeah, they didn't release it. I think I'm gonna be like well, 2016 just, I'm seeing a or video something now that just says NBA Live 2022 20, is dead. Maybe, like that's what I mean. Like you look at these games, and it's like NBA Live is just done. And so a lot of people are just mad because they're like, well, now you're not gonna actually make 2K better because there's no competition. Because <laughs> it was always NBA 2K and NBA Live sort of fighting for each other's, you know, or fighting for the market share. And now that NBA Live is just non-existent. 2K just like, well, we don't have to update this thing anymore. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. EA does. We're, we're just going to give you the same well, game, but put some other but random me, stuff in it. Let me let me just say, when I said FIFA, because the from what I understand, I don't play the games, right? The uh, FIFA on the current gen and even last gen consoles, so PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, those games are great. Like People love them. You know, like people really, really like FIFA. Like FIFA is a great sports game for all intents and purposes. For the Switch, they made a FIFA game, I want to say maybe like four years ago when the Switch first came out. So they released FIFA on there. And then every year since, they've released FIFA consecutive year, called it Legacy Edition. And I swear it's the exact same game, but with a roster update. And they charge full price for it. Well, because before fifty it was, or sixty dollars, it was PES, right? Wasn't PES the that was a different that competition? Was, that's Konami's. That's Konami's. Uh, but but that was always yeah. it was always those two, and FIFA has always kind of beaten them. But PES, I remember, like has always been sort of people the other it. people love it, right? Because they're like, well, this is more like the actual like an actual football yeah, game but versus they didn't have FIFA, the which is they yeah, but the they license, don't have no. the it's very same thing with some of the the two K football game. I think what was it um, NFL two K two like two K two thousand five, whatever that game was. Oh, that, that, 20 bucks? That football, yeah, that, that football is great. It was 20 the bucks. The game was great. It was yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. And I would argue that is the best football game ever made. It was great. People still say that. Yeah, that is. And Madden has been the same crap for 20 years. But you don't understand what I'm saying for the Switch. It's literally the same game. Literally. Yeah. It's not. And I'm not using literally as figuratively. I'm using it as literally. They call it Legacy Edition. They own the fact that it's the same game. I think the reviews gave it like a two last year because they're like, this is the laziest shit ever. They did a roster update and they charged 60 bucks for this thing. It's offensive. They charge the same amount that they do for the other consoles and they didn't change a damn thing except for the except for the rosters. Roster updates are usually free. Like that's the kind of shit that they're pulling on the Switch. So I have zero hope that they'll ever release a an NHL game on the switch. And if they do, it would probably be a piece of shit. So that's why I'm going to do it myself. No, I'm not. I would love to, but I, I don't have that kind of time <laughs> or money or pull. So anyway, as far as what I've been playing, I finished the ghost of Tsushima expansion. It's awesome. Highly recommend it. It's more ghost of Tsushima. The story is excellent. Um, really, really cool. And I'd say very necessary for the, for the plot, because you know, they're going to make a, a second, a second game, like a full blown second game. 
And, yes. um, and this is a really cool, um, really cool side story that actually I think has some implications on, uh, on Jin Sakai's story. So great, great game. Um, I finished no more heroes three on the subway back, uh, today. That game is batshit crazy. I had a good time. It's not a fantastic game, but it was fun and silly. Not a well-optimized game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you know what? It's more No More Heroes. And Suda51 is a madman. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. <clears throat> God bless that man. And then I played The Artful Escape. And I this is a short game. I think the whole thing lasted like no more than four hours. And I loved every moment of this game. I don't even know if calling it a game is fair. Uh, games usually have a fail condition or like a challenge or, you know, some sort of user uh, agency. Eh, this game doesn't have any of that. This is basically like more of an art installation <laughs> that tells a very compelling story or it's like the equivalent of a of a TV miniseries uh, in game form, because really all you're doing is moving left to right. There's a little bit of platforming, but there's no challenge whatsoever. And there's no punishment for failure. And the gameplay is more reminiscent of something like uh, first encounters of the third kind. Then like there's some rhythm elements there, but it doesn't play like a rhythm game. It's just like we're going to play notes. You're going to play notes. You don't have to wait until you're done. You can literally just pop play the notes as they come up. Um, but the whole premise is you play as this guy in a um, in a small town and his uncle was like this legendary folk musician but the but he has ambition to be so he's expected to just do exactly what his uncle did but he wants to do like something else entirely different he's got more of a dream to be a you know this kind of cosmic rocker guy sure. sounds wild but basically what follows is this insane adventure through um through like space with all these over the top characters it's gorgeous. Like you got an, you got a good TV, OLED, something. You got to play this game. The sound is incredible. The music is is incredible. I, I listened to the soundtrack the day after I beat it. Um, Carl Weathers is in this game and is a very prominent character. Uh, Jason Schwartzman, Mark Strong. Those are some other characters that I couldn't pick out their voices. So it's kind of weird that they were there. But Carl Weathers kills it. Like it's so good. Um, the voice acting was awesome. The story is great, really heartfelt. I had a, I had a grin on my face for the entire time playing it. I, I was never bored by what was going on. By the time I was like, we getting close to the end here. I was already at the end of it, it of this section. And then something else happened. You have some, they give you some choices to things that you can do. It makes no difference. Only changes like what your backstory is and what you might look like. And that's it. Otherwise, it's just it's just an awesome, awesome, awesome experience, and uh, and I highly recommend it. the The visuals and the landscapes, even though it's a two D game, like the amount of stuff going on, it's like it reminded me of Cirque du Soleil at times. Because one of the things that I would always say that I didn't like about Cirque du Soleil is how there's so much shit going on that I yeah. never knew Can't, what to actually yeah. look at to keep track of it. Here, it's like the amount of layers and depth. It's like I never felt like I was missing anything, but I was rewarded everywhere I looked because there was always some really cool, unique details in the in the environment and world and the effects. And yeah, 
I, I loved this thing. This was so, so cool. And I had yeah, cool. zero expectations of what I was getting into. I knew it was short and I knew one guy I listened to liked it. And I was like, well, let's check it out. I'm going to, I'm going to try to play this thing um, before I jump into death loop. And it was awesome. So yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend the artful escape. Cool. And I played death loop for maybe an hour. So I'll talk about that yep. next week. Alrighty. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out, well, should I buy it for full price or should I wait like two months when it goes on sale? what's that death loop yeah because black friday it's gonna go down to 40 bucks oh yeah absolutely it's on steam yeah so i can probably wait until third week of november yeah get a little discount on it weirdest thing about death loop i'm playing it on pc bought it on pc instead of ps5 yeah because i was was like you know what obviously because i don't have a ps5 so yeah because i said yeah i got i got this beefy ass pc might as well put it to use and here we are that's it. That's all we got. That's it. You got to play hockey, right? Got to go. I do. Got to get do a little, Man, do a little skate skate. I am getting old. I got hit with a puck last week, and my leg was swollen until today. <laughs> yeah. I will say, over the last uh, over the last year, I've been uh, trying to work on my slap shot because I never had one. Let me tell you something. I got a slap yeah. shot now, Dude. and let me tell you something. Yeah. I, I I'm pretty sure I rocked a guy right between his uh, shin pad and skate. Oh, the worst. Shouldn't have been standing there. Scored it all with your slap shot yet? That's the question. Um, no, but there's only one game. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, I have. Um, during the scrimmages and stuff in the last twelve months, there's no better feeling than it was a crutch. Like today, it was a crutch. Like coming in because it was like so dead. I was just like tired going in. Once I didn't have much place to go, it's like bam, I'm just gonna rip one. And everything. You know what the good thing was though? Everything was bouncing off. Where if we just had a little more, uh. A little more, a few, uh, like one or two more bodies where you get some changes and had more gas in the tank. Like, perfect, per- like good rebounds every single time. I was like, this is great. Yeah. So, there's no better feeling promising. than scoring with a, with a slap shot from the point. That's the greatest feeling to me in sports. Yeah. I played center quite a bit today. I was very tired. I'm going to sleep <laughs> hopefully well tonight. Oh, they actually made you actually had to skate today. Oh, I put myself there. Yeah, no, but you actually had to skate today. I did. Well, to the extent I could. It was like skating through mud. It was it was rough. Uh, yeah. Chelsea Pond. Yeah. Chelsea Pond. Yeah. Anyway, go to he'sbroad.com, go to the links, go to the go to the podcast page, John. Go to go to the go review us on iTunes. That's what I'm trying to say. It's late. It's like quarter after twelve. I'm tired. And yeah, that's uh that's it. Till next week. This podcast is over.